0: Day 42, posted November 19th, 2002, 1058 AM. The Manifestation of a Womb When Rod and I arrived at the studio today, we were greeted by a security guard. You're here for what session? Bitch slap. And your name? Mixerman. Who's he? The security guard asked, pointing toward my assistant. Uh, This is Rod. He's an assistant engineer on the session. The security guard ran his finger slowly down his list in search of Rod's name. Hmm. Shit. He's not on the list. Well, add him, dear Henry, I replied smartly with a smile. My name's not Henry, he retorted as he licked his index finger in order to turn a page on his list. We then went into this long, circular dialogue about how the assistants work for the studio, and that Rod doesn't work for the studio, so how could he be the assistant? No matter what I said, he was confused. Finally, I just asked him if he was going to let us pass or not. I need verification on him. He said as he picked up the phone and called upstairs, looking at us suspiciously. Upon verification, the guard pointed us toward the room that we'd be working in. When I arrived at the control room, which was in dire need of some womification, I was greeted by the sight of a fully torn apart console. Motherfucker! I mean... Standing before the carnage was a strange man He was a tall man with super long silver hair that went all the way down to his ass A hooked nose and a wart-like skin tag right smack in the middle of his forehead My first thought was that the guy should have his skin tag permanently painted red Like a bullseye But I kept that to myself at least until I got to know him a little better The strange man was wearing biker boots, faded black jeans, a wallet with a chain on it, and a Mercenary Audio t-shirt. Do you know Fletcher? I asked, referring to a friend of mine at Mercenary Audio. Fucking ain't right I know Fletcher. He's like my brother. You? Replied my new biker brother, even though I don't ride bikes. Hell fucking yeah, I do. I replied with vigor and zeal, wanting to make a good impression by speaking in a manner that he might understand. We kibitzed for a moment, exchanging our funny little Fletcher stories. He introduced himself as Harley. I introduced myself as Mixerman. Despite the discovery of a mutual friend and the certain bond that is created from such discovery, I was slightly dismayed over the fact that the entire console was ripped apart, mostly because this makes recording difficult at best. So what's wrong with the console? Well, we seem to have a bit of a problem, he replied matter-of-factly. Being the veteran I am of the recording process, I knew that even in New York... The console being torn apart and strewn about the room was a sure indication that there was a problem. It was the specifics that I was in search of. What exactly is wrong? Well, if I knew that, I'd have fucking told you, wouldn't I? He answered with incredible amounts of tact and logic. Then he sort of went into an explanation that was way beyond my knowledge. Hell, he could have said the console had gotten unplugged and he'd have been precariously close to going beyond my technical expertise. So why I even asked is beyond me. Somehow I think he sensed that, much as a horse can sense that I have no purpose being on its back. Despite the circular nature of this conversation, and the obviously grumpy disposition of this individual, I couldn't help but like him. Perhaps I found his straightforwardness refreshing, or perhaps, aside from his rough exterior and total lack of fashion sense, he was very similar to me. I decided to take a slightly different tack. Do you know how long we'll be down for? Sorry. Misplaced my crystal ball this morning. He replied with exaggerated, feigned empathy. That's my line. No, that's Fletcher's line. And he was right. My best guess would be a few hours if you want the thing to sound right, half hour if you don't give a shit. I chose the few hours good sound option offered to me and left Harley to his job. It's not like the console problem was a big deal. So long as it was fixed today, and I had no reason to believe it wouldn't be. The band wasn't even planning on coming until the evening. Today was setup day and I was only planning to set up the room and the microphones. I could still do that regardless of the condition of the console. The only problem I was having was finding the assistant who actually went with the room. I felt like the little bird in the P.D. Eastman story, Are You My Mother? As I walked around the complex asking, Are you my assistant? I'm not your assistant. I am not your assistant. I'm Slough. I am renting you my guitars. Are you my assistant? I am not your assistant. I'm not your assistant. I am the drum tech. I'm Brandon. Uh, you're my assistant. I'm Sir Arthur Conan Mixalot. I am the runner for your session. I'm not your mixing assistant. Huh. It took me 20 minutes before my assistant finally presented himself. Having Rod around is all well and good, but unfortunately, he doesn't have access to the mic locker or many of the other items that we would be in need of throughout the course of the day. Therefore, having an assistant who works for the studio is absolutely critical for working. When I finally found the studio assistant, he seemed surprised that I was looking for him. Hey, I'm Lightning. Do you need some assistance? Are you my assistant? Why, yes, I am. I asked him if he had received my setup, which was highly detailed and left nothing to the imagination. I had to scale drawings of the room, a precise orderly list of the instruments and their respective microphones, where I wanted those microphones to come up on the console, and the processing gear that was to be used for each chain, yet nothing had been set up. This all seemed vaguely familiar to me, as my first session with Bitchlap had started with an assistant who didn't believe in setting anything up until he felt like it. Of course, now he's a prince. Did you get my fax? Yeah. I'm gonna go set up the mics right now. But first I gotta go get them. (laughs) What? Didn't you see the part of my letter where I asked that all the mics be set up before I arrived? I asked, now imagining myself in my happy place. Oh... Yeah, but you can't work with the console apart, so I figured there really wasn't any... urgency. Indeed. I certainly couldn't argue with that logic. So having taken a lesson out of Willie's book, I delegated responsibility to my two assistants and exited stage left. My mission was far greater than the minutiae of directing traffic for microphones and instruments. That's what Rod was there for. Nay, my purpose today was to be the ambassador of vibe. After all, if I'm going to spend several weeks in a room, I want it to be a place that I can seek refuge in. At the moment, it was a wasteland, lacking color, energy, scent, and warmth. This room was nothing more than a common control room, one which needed to be transformed into a womb. I spent the rest of the day in search of tapestries, pillows, candles, candleplates, candlesticks, candelabras, lava lamps, incense, and various other trinkets that make the womb the womb. In total, I spent $800 on vibe materials, which I will rebill back to the label. Ultimately, this will be paid by bitch slap with record sales. In the end, Willie didn't care much that the session was canceled. Apparently, he was hot on a couple of new songs that he was working on with the band. That gave Harley an opportunity to fix the console, and Lightning and Rod were able to set up the session. Frank... My feminine alter ego, named after the character played by Martin Short in Father of the Bride, who has an eye for color and a flair for design, created the space that I would likely spend hundreds of hours in over the course of the next few weeks. The Womb 2. Mixer Man.